Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing with a Book a podcast sponsored by Indie Books International. That is www.indiebooksintl.com. I happen to be the chairman of Indie Books International, and I'm a bit of the poster child for what can happen when you write the right book. 22 years ago, I published my first book, Growing Your Business, and it became the anchor tool and gateway tool to building my little empire. Since then, I've published five more books and I've got two more uh, in the queue. Uh, but we meet uh, here in uh, our podcast and interview successful uh, authors and speakers and influencers along the way and today's guest, is amazing, um, and I've been looking forward to this. Um, she not only is our guest, but her last name is Guest. Um, her, <laughs> her name is Julie Guest, which I guess means that she is a super guest. Um, let me give her a bit uh, of an introduction. She is one of America's top business strategists, a best-selling author, and a popular speaker. She is the CEO of Bolder and Louder, a full-service marketing agency specializing in branding and transformational marketing, and is the host of her own popular podcast, The Client Stampede. She created her first client stampede during the housing recession when she was stuck with an upside-down house no one wanted in Los Angeles. She rolled up her sleeves and ran a seven-day marketing campaign to sell the house to the highest bidder. She attracted over 200 people to the open house and the house sold for $200,000 more than the real estate agents told her it would sell for. She is regularly featured in various media, including Forbes, The New York Times, USA Today, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many others. Her new book, The Client Stampede, Seven Simple Steps, is available on Amazon and in all leading bookstores. <clears throat> Julie, welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you for your, your very kind introduction. <laughs> well, you're welcome. It's nice to have you here. And um, I'd love to just dive right in, ask you some questions uh, about marketing to the affluent and the super affluent. But first, I'd love to get a bit of a window uh, into your world. If you could just share with us what we refer to as your defining story. How did you get from where you are to where you are today? Sure. So you can probably tell from my accent that I'm not originally American. <laughs> I am originally from New Zealand, actually, and I moved um, permanently to the States in 2005. And the short version is that I, um, in a prior life, I was an attorney, but I actually started my first business in high school selling boxer shorts. And um, I ended up hiring 20 of my classmates. We had a great time. We basically had sewing bees and we would, you know, sew and sell boxer shorts um, to every father, every brother that was in like a 50 mile radius of our homes. Um, so I knew that I loved being an entrepreneur. I knew that I loved um, 
sales and marketing. I saw firsthand the power of that. Went to college, um, ended up deciding I was going to do law, um, practice law and hated it. But I was able, I got a, a transfer to Los Angeles <clears throat> with the company that I was working for. And it was actually there that I ended up quitting my horrible corporate job that I hated so much. I literally did a cold turkey and started my freelance um, copywriting business in Los Angeles. It was a total baptism of fire. And I don't recommend anybody doing that <laughs> because it was a very stressful time in my life. But um, uh, the thing that got my business going the fastest is I, I like you, I wrote a book. And I it wasn't a particularly good book, but what it did is it helped um, my target clients make a really great decision about the right questions to ask a copywriter before hiring them in the biggest mistakes. I mean, it's the, you know, the simple formula. And um, that little book, I went and got, you know, I think I, I got 250 copies published. I gave copies to my entire sphere of influence. And somehow that little book got into the hands of an executive um, at a Fortune 100 company at Coke. And we ended up getting them as a client and things just started snowballing from there. So that's kind of my first how I got started story but my second um my second story that is really important is the one that you alluded to in the introduction which is um really the power of marketing to create its own demand no matter what the economy is doing and I think that's a really important point for us to kind of talk about especially because right now we're going into some pretty strong economic headwinds and you know the media are talking about there being a recession and so um, just by way of background, I had purchased a home in Los Angeles at the very height of the market. Mm. I proudly paid the top dollar. I'd beaten out, you know, I don't know how many other buyers, but I bought the house. It was on a little tiny postage stamp of land um, in Los Angeles. I could see my three neighbors almost into their kitchens and living rooms, and it had a, a pool at the back. Um, I mortgaged myself up to the hilt. Um, yeah, I think I was able to get like a 98% mortgage. So I made every possible colossal mistake that you could make. Um, and my husband at the time, um, we, we owned the house for about a year. And my husband at the time, I got a transfer to the Grand Canyon. He was a helicopter pilot. And so we had to relocate. And by this time, the housing recession had set in full swing. And I'm not sure if you recall, but particularly in Los Angeles, it was one of the hardest hit Um areas for the boom and the bust and um, we were upside down on our mortgage all of real estate agents told us we would never ever sell it um, and no one wanted to take it on and they basically told me to give it back to the bank so I uh, you know I figured the only way out was through so I created a marketing campaign the goal was to run it for seven days create a two-day open house with the goal to send as many people through the open house and sell it to the highest bidder um, and, you know, at that time, it was really considered very successful if you had two or three groups of people through your home, you know, mm -hmm. on a weekend. Um, so we actually managed to get, you know, as you, as you mentioned, well over 200 people through, and we sold the house um, to the highest bidder, who was a couple who only lived just a few blocks away. They weren't even looking for a home, but they saw my marketing. They were intrigued, piqued their curiosity. They came, they fell in love with the house. They saw these other people that were interested in the house and it created like a you know through great marketing it created like a buying frenzy and you know they were thrilled because they believed they got a great deal and they did get a great deal um we were thrilled because we got more than you know we got full price for the house which was two hundred thousand more than the real estate agents told us so 
I just illustrate that because as things get harder in the economy and especially in the media, like it's just really important to keep in mind that having the right marketing and writing the, the right book, as you say, Mark, is just so critical to create your own bubble and your own demand because demand continues no matter what. It's just about harnessing that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's certainly, uh, I mean, is an impressive story and I, I want to come back to it. But if I could just circle back to something else you said, because um, I don't know you and you don't know me, uh, but I think that we have a couple of things in common that are going to be interesting to our listeners and viewers. You said something and um, you said I wrote a little book. And you, then you said it wasn't a good book. What, what do you mean by it wasn't a good book when it came out and it helped you land a great client? Okay, so great question. So to me, like because, because I'm in the business of marketing and our agency has, you know, authored, you know, probably well over a hundred books for our clients, the my my statement is a comparison because I did my very best at that time and the, mm -hmm. the book definitely did the job, but you know, compared to <laughs> compared to what it would be now if I redid it, it would be completely different. But you're right; it it's it did it. It was a great book because it did its job of selling. It it was, and, and the and the reason I say that is that that sometimes I've I've taken a few bullets along the way for my first book, um, which was a small book, um, and in the beginning, everyone said, you know, Mark, you're a pretty sharp guy. You know what you should do you should write a book. Uh, but my confidence as a writer wasn't very high. And I started to ask questions, well, what should it look like? And how long should the book be? And, and you know, when you're looking for well-intentioned advice, you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And they said, Mark, it should be 50,000 words, and it should be 10 chapters, and it, you should charge a lot for it. And if you don't, nobody's going to take it seriously. So I wrote um, a 50,000 word manuscript. And when I got done with it, I thought there's a lot of crap in here. <laughs> yes. And, and I cut 43,000 words. And I was left with a small mass market size paperback book, 77 pages. And I broke every rule in the publishing and you know editorial Bible. Um, but I've moved over 80,000 copies of that little book. And so I, I share that story and I wanted to hear a little bit about your story with your first book, because I think so often people get caught up in the perfection trap and they want it, they want to dot every I or cross every T before they get something out. So I'd love if you could just sort of go behind the curtain a little bit and and talk about that first not so good book that worked. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, in my experience, having worked, you know, with hundreds of clients in over 72 different industries, um, the small books, I call them the little package of dynamite, are all that you need to get the job done right? Forget the 50,000 word or, oh my gosh, or 100,000 word, you know, mm -hmm. length book. That's kind of not what we're talking about. The whole point of writing a book 
to use as a marketing tool, in, in my opinion, is to really do three things. It's one, to grab the curiosity and the interest of your target market, you know, like a, like a beacon in the night. It's got to really pull them in. Second thing is that it's got to give them immediate value, right? Whether that just be from reading the back of your book and maybe the introduction, it doesn't matter, but they have to get something like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that this person just helped me. And then the third thing is, you know, if you've done a really good job and, and all the pieces line up, it has to really build trust and rapport with your reader and motivate them to take an action, whether that be calling you, download, taking a, doing a download, right? And, and when you strip a when you strip a, the right business book back to its bare essentials, those are the only three criteria that it needs to fulfill. And just like you, you know, my my simple little book was less than 10,000 words. And I will say that um, our business books that are the most effective are all around that 10,000 word mark. You know, yes, we do 15,000. Yes, we'll push it to 25,000. But, you know, I really look at that Pareto principle, do the 20% of the work that's going to get you the 80% of results. And, and our little books really do perform wonderfully. I feel like I've met my soul sister. I'm uh, here. <laughs> And I, I don't know if you if you have a copy of your first book, but I'll trade you my little book for your little book um, uh, because I would I'm going to order your the client stampede. Um, but I'm I'm very intrigued by the fact that you and I have had a similar journey in that we started with a book that might be perceived as not very good, but I I think you know you. Uh, this is my language for you, but that first book was your warm-up book and it worked. Absolutely. And it, it was a game changer for, for my agency. And it was off of that book, just like with you, that we grew and people found us. And it, it you know, I, I always say to our clients, like the most valuable tool that you can have in your marketing engine, your marketing system is a book that position the right book that positions you as an expert in your industry. Well, count me a fan. <laughs> uh, now, now, now I want to I, I want to come back to the client stampede because evidently there are seven steps. Yes. Can can you give us step one and unpack that a little bit? Sure. So um, the seven steps are you know it's basically the formula that I've I've been using the entire time that I've been marketing and I. I really put it to the test with selling my own house, um, but it's seven steps that haven't varied, you know, at all, basically. And we've used it for every, you know, every different kind of business you can practically imagine. So the um, the first step is is the very simple strategic step, right? I always say you've got to start with strategy first, irrespective of what you're planning to do with your marketing. If you're considering, you know adding a new media to your marketing mix, whether you're like, oh my God, we've got to be on TikTok. Like just take a deep breath and start yes. with strategy um, because it will get you much further faster and it will cost you a whole lot less. So first step is figuring out who you're talking to, who are your ideal clients. And that seems like a really self-evident step, but it's actually one of the most difficult steps to do because most people are far too broad with how they define their ideal clients. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing to do, it's kind of like the, the, the quick way to do it, is to look at who you've had success with to begin with, right? So 
of all, all the clients that your agency or your company or you've consulted with over the years, which of the ones that A, you've enjoyed working with the most and who's written you the, the biggest checks, frankly, because not only not only has your target market got to be have a need for your services, but they've also got to have the money to pay for them and the authority to buy. And those are three different layers. So the, the who, the step one, um, is like a really important strategic kind of deep breath and a real focusing. And um, once you get that right, um, and you can kind of really bed that down, then the, the other six steps follow really beautifully and they all kind of fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. Um, you, you said something, and I, I might not repeat it back to you perfectly, but you said one of the mistakes that people make is they're far too broad uh, in the beginning. Is, is there a second mistake that people sometimes make? Yeah, I think that um, I think that as professionals, you know, and you know, business owners and salespeople, like it's almost like where we have ingrained in us an ability to want to appeal to everybody. And the most powerful marketing does an equal, equally good job of attracting the right prospects to your company, but it does also an equally powerful job of repelling the wrong ones. And it's that fear of rejection or, or criticism or whatever it is from the wrong target market that prevent people from taking that brave step to be really, really um, targeted with who they, they're wanting to serve and be a hero to. Um, I, I hear you. Because <laughs> we're about to release the uh, 23rd anniversary edition uh, of my book, Growing Your Business. And so. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, have, have you considered reissuing your first book and, and brushing and polishing and flossing it or? or... I, mean, I have, but we've, I mean, we've evolved the, the um, like the client stampede, which I actually have a copy of here. I'll hold it up for you, um, is kind of a version of that. Um, okay. this is, you can see it very well. This yep. is sort of like the nuts and bolts, um, behind the curtain. This is like, this is how to do it. And it's a strategic book. So it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's not something that has to be updated every single month because ah, okay. algorithms change. It's, it's basically strategy and positioning. And, um, it's the starting point for any company that's wanting to grow. And making marketing decisions so within that yes you add in the media but you go through these seven steps um and you know you, basically it's like a bouncing ball you just follow them along and then by the you know by the time you end you've got this incredible system but the cool thing is is that any improvements that you make at any of the steps will lift everything and and so am i hearing you correctly that your first book was a precursor to this book in a sense yes so there the first book was really, um, you know, as a as a freelance copywriter, like teaching agencies the difference between the different kinds of copy, direct response advertising, okay. um, you know, like how to how to get the most out of hiring a freelance copywriter, and then companies who are looking for marketing in house marketing help, how to hire the best person. So this the client stampede is much more of a sophisticated message in a sense. Um, but you you brought up an interesting point. I never really considered releasing re-release re-releasing it again, but perhaps I should. 
Uh, well, I would say yes, uh, <laughs> uh, because there was there was success in that book, and obviously your audience is bigger now. Um, so I, I'd I'd give that some thought. I really would. That's a great suggestion. Thank you. I definitely will. You know, my my term for what you have now, the client stampede, sounds like you have what I call your signature book, and your warm up book worked and worked well and so uh give give it some thought um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I think it could turn into it could be the little winner the little book that could make a big difference and complement the client stampede of the other six simple steps or sometimes not so simple steps but critical or essential steps pick one more and uh, give us a little bit of insight into it. I don't care if it's number five or number two or number seven. Okay, so um, the the second step is is creating irresistible messaging, which is a really really important step. But I'm not going to talk about that because we'll we could go off onto all kinds of really cool tangents. What I'm going to do is talk about step number six, which is building your marketing engine, right? And mm -hmm. um, what I want to explain is that. When, when you have a decision to make about investing your marketing budget, essentially all marketing expenditure falls into two categories. There's what I call your marketing engine category, which are your evergreen marketing tools that you invest in that can be used again and again and again. So your website, for example, um, your book, if you invest in, in creating a book, um, if you invest in having really great billboard creative created, right? Those are all pieces of your marketing engine that your company can leverage over and over and over again. And the bigger your marketing engine, the further and faster um, your company will grow. But then just like a vehicle, your engine, your marketing engine needs marketing gas to run. And so your marketing gas is your monthly, typically monthly marketing expenditure that once it's used up, it's gone. So that is, for example, your media spend. So everything that you're spending on on uh, Facebook campaigns, TikTok advertising, you know, if you're paying to put magazine advertisements in a in a um, trade magazine, like all of that is marketing gas. And most people don't make that separation. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really important, particularly now as we're getting into these more turbulent waters that more businesses should focus on, on creating the strongest possible marketing engine for their businesses and, and, and just stop doing so many marketing tactics, which typically is just marketing gas and they're just burning through the money. They're not necessarily getting any kind of return on it. And once that money's gone, it's gone. Like there's, there's no residual value to it. Well, of the seven steps, you identified the, uh, identify your who, create irresistible messaging is step number two and step number six is fuel your engine uh, your marketing engine I, I, uh, I'm sold um, I have uh, two other questions uh, that I want to conclude our interview with but before we do that I think that you have an irresistible gift uh, for our listeners and viewers today can you just um, share what that might be Sure. So um, I, I, I'm somebody who always, you know, wants to um, just get to the bottom line. Like when I read something, I'm like, okay, let's just like, wh where's the takeaway here? And so 
what I'm happy to give anybody listening here is the first hundred pages of the client stampede. And that will be enough to get you, um, you know, versed. There's some really good do's and don'ts. There's some immediate takeaways. I think you might even get to step number three, which if you can get your business, if you can just start implementing a few of those things will take your business to the next level. Um, so I'm happy to do that. And it's not available anywhere else. This is um, just a one-time thing that I will do for you. Uh, thank you so much, Julie. And I hope those of you that are watching this or listening to this, uh, the first 100 pages of the Client Stampede are free and can be a game changer in and of themselves. And what a great first step to buying, uh, buying Julie's book, uh, which I'm going to do immediately following uh, this episode. Julie, my last uh, two questions are the two questions that I love to ask every guest that I personally uh, interview. And uh, the first one is, what marketing idea, when, when you look back, and uh, it might have been two years ago, it might have been when you first jumped out, might have been the house, I, I, I don't know, uh, might have been your first book, um, but what marketing idea, uh, in fact, maybe I'm going to say other than your house, because we've heard about the house sale now, but what marketing idea did you try that ended up working better than you thought it would? Okay, so because we're talking about the importance of books, I'm going to talk about a really great um, book strategy, because obviously when you invest in an evergreen marketing tool like a book for your marketing engine, you want to be able to leverage the heck out of it for as long as possible. You know, you and I were talking about when I mean, mm -hmm. you're still using your marketing book 23 years. I mean, I can't even imagine the ROI you must be getting on there, Mark. That's amazing. So one of the best strategies that I can recommend is that, you know, we talked about the importance of having really well-defined target markets. And what you what I did is um, for for that very first book that I wrote, is I created a version of that book for each target market that I wanted to, to get into. So uh -huh. I, wrote, I wrote a version that specifically spoke to digital marketing agencies. I wrote a version that specifically spoke to chief marketing officers. I wrote a version that specifically spoke to um, entrepreneurial CEOs, right? And the, the, what was really neat about it is that the inside of the book didn't necessarily change, but the introduction changed and was mm. completely tailored. The, I gave a tool at the very end that was specifically for that niche, um, but the cover was, was you know, the, the title of the cover changed depending on who the target market was and the artwork changed a little bit. So just by doing that, you know, essentially I created, you know, three or four, I think it was four books actually out of the one book. And, you know, the more specialized that you position yourself, the, the, the more money you can charge because the higher your level of expertise. And so, you know, if I do that with the client stampede, there'll be the, like the client stampede for financial advisors, the client stampede sure. for personal injury attorneys, but anybody can do that with, with their book, um, depending on which target markets they want to serve. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant, Julie. Um, thank you. My last question is, uh, at some point in your past, there was a day one. 
when you struck out on your own, <laughs> maybe your back was against the wall. <laughs> um, maybe you were more excited than you, maybe you were scared. Maybe you were really excited on day one, but it was like, ah, here's day one. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice on day one, what would you, what would you tell yourself? Oh, that's such a big question, Mark. Oh my gosh. Um, I would tell myself that um, as long as you 100% believe in what you're doing and you are 100% dedicated to really helping your clients, like it doesn't matter what anybody else says, right? And I'm sure this has happened to you too. You get to a certain level and you become a target for other people's criticisms. I remember getting back... I think it was an early copy of my book that had red lines. Someone had marked it up with, you know, because I wrote it in conversational language and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't English professor quality, um, you know, and I was so offended. And so one of my mentors gave me some really good advice, you know, very early on, which I remember. And, and I would repeat that back to myself and, you know, to the listeners as well, which is that, it's so important with all the distractions going on in the media, with any criticism that might be coming your way, with anyone that's, you know, either deliberately or subconsciously trying to trying to sabotage your success, for lack of a better word. You've got to be like a horse with blinkers. Or they call them, I think they're blinders, actually, where you just, you don't look to the left, you don't look to the right, you don't watch the news, you don't, listen, you don't buy into the fear-mongering, you just keep your eye on your goal and keep going forward. And you do every day do more than what's expected of you. And like it's incredible how that grows your business. Wow, that is incredibly profound. It reminds me of uh, one time I got it, one of those emails and it was the most horrific email I've ever gotten in my career. It was so bad that I thought it was a friend of mine who was pranking me. Uh, and I, re I, I came to realize it wasn't. And um, it was the worst, it was the exact opposite, 180 degrees opposite from a testimonial letter. And a week later, I got a fax um, from another reader who I did not know, who took it upon himself to, to fax me a letter and said, Mark, I recently spent $8,000 with a marketing consultant and I got more out of your $8 book than I did working with that consultant. And so thank God that I got the worst and the best so close together, but it, but it is something. We, we do put ourselves out there and we put so much of ourselves into our book or into our workshops or presentations or our interviews. Well, uh, Julie, count me a fan. Thank you, Mark. And I'm a fan of yours too. I'm looking forward to getting a copy of your book. It sounds amazing. If there is ever anything I can do for you or to support you along the way, and I, I know that our paths are going to cross again. Um, thank you so much for uh, being our guest today on the Indie Books International Marketing with a Book uh, podcast, where we believe with our heart, mind, and soul that writing the right book is your ticket 
to growing your business. Thank you, everyone. And that's a wrap.